Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, June 23rd, 2023. You made it. Another Friday. The weekend is here. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. And then after today's show, only one more full week of radio shows in June, and we turn the calendar over to July. This year continues just to to roll on by. We had an exciting sports night last night, NBA draft, uh, probably the best college baseball game of the season. No, probably about it. Definitively the best college baseball game of the season. And we've got a lot to talk about. Plenty of UK news, something that we brought up when we were at Park Mammoth on Wednesday, looking like it's going to possibly come to fruition Sooner rather than later, we'll tell you what that is. But first, we've got to check in with Nick Roush, see how he's doing. Good morning, buddy. Top of the morning to you, TJ. I'm doing well. Uh, I feel like I just got off these radio airwaves. Um, That'll happen when you do morning and afternoon. Um, But had a good time with the big guy. Uh, Went to a little old diaper party last night. Um, Nice nice time seeing some of the buds. Uh, Getting him ready for a baby. And then uh, waiting out for my sister. She's... uh, She's about to pop out a baby uh, some sometime today. So that's exciting. Very, very exciting time here at the at the Roush House. That is exciting. All right. Well, congrats to your sister or, or best of luck. Uh, that's very exciting times. Well, good, good. And then good old diaper party. You didn't did you not play any poker? We uh we played shut the box. Oh, but we fine. did not we did not do a full on uh I had the horse racing game, which uh, if you've ever seen one of those boards, you, you roll the dice, you flip the mm-hmm. cards. Um, but there was, um, I, I don't think we had enough buy-in. You know, there was, a, there was some skeptics out there. Shut the d- box a lot more, um, easier port of entry, you know, because it's just a dollar at a time, typically. Maybe two. We did have a couple $2 games. I also tried for the first time, TJ, a... Uh, not a slot machine, slot machine. What, what are we? What are we calling those? Um, games of skill. Slot machines. Slot games of skills. Um, and 
Boy, are they the worst. My God. Well, you're, just just, not, you're not skilled enough, pal. I mean, I put in $20. I played for a couple minutes. I won some money, and then I just was like, I'm bored. I'll just get my $20 back. You don't even get the the to pull the lever. I want to pull the lever. I, it's just touching a button or touching a screen, and I – I, I just let me pull a lever. I want I want the lever. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a slot machine. That's how yeah. slot machines work nowadays. You just push the button, there's a lot of colors, a lot of sounds, you have no idea really what's going on, and then it just either will like do 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 and it'll deposit some of money in the little account to the bottom left, uh, or you don't win and you just do it again and you do it again. And it's totally yeah. brainless and yep. Involves no skill at all. None, none. It's very, very boring too. I mean, I, I did not expect to be enthralled by it. I, I, when I go to a casino, I just, you know, will play a slot machine for a couple minutes. You know, like, oh, there's a Game of Thrones one. Let me just look at dragons for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I can't. Uh, that was, whew. yeah. Oh, well, I can't knock it till I tried it. I tried it, and now I'm knocking it. Scoots, how are you? How was your Thursday evening? How are we feeling on Friday? Today, a big day for Scoots. Oh, man, I'm I'm glad it's Friday. Let me just tell you that. I am tired. I, I'm going to blow your all's mind right now. I stayed up for the entirety of the NBA draft. One o'clock in the morning, I crawled Whoa. into bed. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Can you believe that? So, yeah, I'm very tired today. No, I don't. Actually, I don't believe it. I don't I, believe it. So who, thank you for who was the last pick? Uh, Chris Livingston. Mm, he just saw Twitter this morning. No, actually, so you know why I stayed up so late? I was uh, I had made it to like 10.30 or 11 o'clock, and I guess the first round was coming to an end right around that time. And I was like, man, I knew Trace was going to be a second-round guy. I told Gil, I was like, I've got to stay up until Trace gets picked. And lo and behold, he's picked number 57. So it ended up working out because I got to see him and Chris Livingston get drafted. But I'm, I'm going to be paying for it today unless I can somehow sneak in a nap. Fingers crossed that can happen. That's wild to stay up for the NBA draft because I sure as heck didn't. Mm-hmm. Nope. I even stayed up later for my standards than I normally do. Um, but I, like... It was going slow. It was, oh, a slow first, yeah. it was a slow first round. Lots of trades. A lot of trades. Went slower than it normally did. And it's just, I don't, I don't even know exactly what they can do. It's just a bad product. Like, it is not fun to watch the NBA draft coverage. I was so happy that that baseball game was so electric because it was like, all right, well, I can follow the draft on my phone. I can follow the draft on Twitter. I haven't listened to a little bit of ESPN radio, the draft, and had the baseball game on mute, so I felt like I was kind of getting a little bit of Bofa. And baseball game, fun to watch. NBA draft coverage, snooze fest 2023. Yeah. I I, um, I, I wasn't listening to tons of scoots, but I did think that it just looked awkward at times. Like, um, I forget who was doing the, uh, the interviews, but uh, it just – the angles and the couches, just it was just weird. It didn't look like a normal TV. It didn't it didn't feel like a very big moment, even though like they looked nice. Like I thought Casey Wallace looked sharp. I liked uh, Scoots um, fit. That was pretty cool. I think this Scoots could pull off that look. Maybe some some say I could. Yeah, but no, you're I mean, right, Roush. I mean, it wasn't pull it all off. It it wasn't. I'd like to wear Grady Dick's jacket. Is what I'd like to wear. That that is something I could pull off. But no, the, the coverage of it wasn't. 
I didn't think it was all that great. They kept doing the thing, too, where the clock would stop and it'd be like, pick is in. And then they would talk to the panelists for five, ten more minutes. It's like, if the pick's in, let's go to the pick. But that did pick up in the second round. It started to move a little faster, but it was still the same thing. You'd have the pick in. Oh, we got to talk about the last guy drafted first. Then we'll go to the podium. So that that part was kind of annoying, but the second round did fly compared to the first round. Uh, I would also like to add, too, that uh, figured out NBA, the NFL, they are smart enough to give the players the hats the team they're getting traded to. Why, why do we got to see Kaysen Wallace in a Mavericks hat when he's going to play for the Thunder? That's the I've always thought ever. this is I've always thought that was so dumb. Like why why can't and there probably is a reason why. And feel free if you know it to text it into the Thornton's text line 5024141450. If you didn't see it last night, Kaysen Wallace the first, but if he stayed up super late as Scooch said, not the only UK player drafted last evening, but he was picked number 10. The Dallas Mavericks had the pick, and I will just never for the life of me understand why they can't say Dallas has traded this pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder select Casey Wallace. And then because it's just like I don't it's such small potatoes at the end of the day. It's not that huge of a deal. But like Casey Wallace, all of his draft pictures and all the videos are going to be him wearing a hat for a team that he will literally never play for. Why, why can't you just make that switch on stage just, boom, before the pick and not minutes afterwards? And then so part of the reason I was listening to ESPN Radio is I wanted to hear his interview. They were interviewing pretty much every player drafted. So once I realized that, I was like, well, I'll wait around until Kaysen's picked and see his interview. And I don't know I don't, I don't know how it worked, but the people interviewing him did not know that he was traded to Oklahoma City. And Kaysen, who I'm pretty sure was aware that he was traded to Oklahoma City because he was asked about it in the TV interview, which was quicker than the ESPN radio interview. Now, unless, of course, they did it right after. But even as like he was on stage, they were like, this pick is being traded to OKC. But the people on ESPN radio didn't know that he had been traded. So they're asking all these specific Dallas Mavericks questions. How did the workouts go when you were down in Dallas? What was it like talking with their front office? Did you know that they were going to pick you? How excited are you to get to play with Luca? What do you think about his game? Just all these specific Mavericks questions. And then right at the very end, they were like, oh, well, this is how the business goes. Because guess what? You were traded to Oklahoma City after all. And they're like, but we got to go. So best of luck there. So it was a totally wasted interview. But now he'll have all his draft pictures. He'll have that day in a hat for a team he will never play for. Yeah, I agree with you, Roush. I don't know why they can't do that. It seems very simple. So the, it, um, I, was, ahead, I was just going to say, it's interesting that you all bring this up because me and Gil were talking about it last night. And wouldn't you want that hat, though, if you're Casey Wallace? Because that's the team that drafted you. Whether they traded you or not, that's the team – that initially took that chance on you, and they could have had this whole thing in their back pocket, like, hey, we're going to trade him to OKC for blah, blah, blah. But I would want that hat, and and when he gets to OKC and gets a new hat, if he's having an off day, I, I'm if I'm in his shoes, I'm wearing that Dallas hat. You know, I'm going to rock it. Even though that's not the team I'm playing for, I'm, I'm still going to go out on the town and wear that from time to time. It'd be cool to have. Scoots, I just can't agree with you anymore, uh, disagree with you anymore. I mean, wow. that is just a ludicrous take. They, the Mavericks didn't take a chance on him. 
Yeah, I mean, not not agreed. Yeah, they they agreed to trade him like that was beforehand, and I don't I don't know if it was uh, I didn't get in the minutia the details on like oh well. Uh, Oklahoma City had to move up to make sure that they case and Wallace didn't get picked. I don't know what the circumstances were, but it's not like Dallas just had faith in this guy. No, like they wanted Derek Lively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good point. I d- it was funny, though. I did ask Gil, I was like, what do you, do you think they take the hat back? And he just looks at me and he was like, the hell would they take it back for? It's like a $3 hat. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and, and the worst part is it's for people like Charlotte Hornets fans that have the Kobe Bryant and the Hornets hat, like you're just hurting that fan base. And TJ, I think it has something to do with the collective bargaining agreement and that they have to have everything processed. Uh, if you go th- to the official NBA website, I mean, especially in round two, I mean, every one of those picks is traded at some point. Some of them say traded, some of them say reportedly traded. So I think that like it all has to do with paperwork. Which is just a load of BS. Like I, I get it, but how many times has the paperwork not been processed? Like, just give them the hat of the team they're going to play for for crying out loud. Yeah, it, it's 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 silly, but good for Kaysen, top ten NBA draft pick. Now I'm going to have to be interested in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I, I'm glad it was. Shay, I'm I'm all in on that. I'm glad he was traded. Uh, I was. We, we kind of were at like, all right, we're going to stay until the Kaysen gets picked. And my buddy was like, I, I think it's going to be Oklahoma City at 12. And then they ended up trading up, which worked out great because I don't know about you, but starting your career on a team with Kyrie Irving just doesn't seem like an ideal scenario, especially with all the, you know, there's only one ball with him and Luka Doncic where the Thunder, uh, I don't. I don't think they made – they were just playing game this year, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, TJ? No, they didn't even – they were at least on the fringe. And Shea played well, was an all-star. He's rising at the top. So, Kaysen doesn't even have to be first fiddle. He can be second fiddle. He can come off the bench. He can be the second guy. Just like this scenario, that young core they're developing, where you could, you know, don't look now, but Kaysen Wallace could just be – a bona fide badass in January next year, doing it big while OKC is making a huge run. You can you can totally see that scenario unfolding for him. I, I hope Dallas would have been cool just because it would have been relatively close to where he grew up, uh, and they're on TV more than the Thunder. Hopefully, maybe True. Shea just keeping keep balling out. That'll that'll change. But yeah, it's it's I, I like the situation better now. You get a I like it when the Cats are teamed up on a team together. It just uh, you get plenty that are just kind of by themselves across the NBA, but the ones that have multiple UK, they're they're more fun to watch when they're on TV. I'll, I'll be more sure to to check it out. As terms of in terms of a fit, you can make a case why a team with Shea would would want Wallace. But as a young guy, Shea needs a break from time to time, and boom, you put in a case in Wallace, and he can hopefully flourish, and then eventually. Uh, maybe you do have both of them someday, maybe starting in the backcourt. But I think Kaysen obviously going to come off the bench to get things going, and uh, it'll it'll be a good situation for him. So congrats to him. And I, I watched, I don't know, probably made it close to the end of the first round in that ballpark. I knew that after Kaysen was picked at 10 that you were probably – it was going to be a long time before you heard another U.K. player's name called. I didn't know exactly when. But it ended up being the last pick of the draft. If you did not stay up for it, Chris Livingston selected. 
and uh, somewhat weird situation with Chris Livingston. Stop me if you've heard that one before. But supposedly Clutch was telling teams not to draft him, Nick Roush. Uh, don't don't take my guy. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. They don't draft him until we need you to draft him. What? I'm I'm confused. That's kind of the 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 situation that we saw unfold. Uh, you had Clutch tell them that they had had a promise from a team, and he would prefer to go to that team. Uh, <laughs> And that team was the last pick of the NBA draft, and it was the Milwaukee Bucks. But a weird situation there, and that's, of course, coming from Shams. He says, after finding an NBA fit when he shut down workouts two weeks ago, Kentucky freshman Chris Livingston's landing spot is the Milwaukee Bucks at number 58, the final pick of the 2023 NBA draft. So just a weird situation. And, and all of it, to Clutch's credit, could be well thought out. If he goes there, it's a good spot. It's a good fit. They're going to get him in a spot where he's not going to have to go play in the G League. Or yeah, you don't know exactly what promises were made between the Bucks and Chris Livingston, or the Bucks and Clutch, whatever it may be. It, it at the surface comes off as incredibly weird to just tell teams, "No, do do not take me, do not take me." And you wonder like when the Whoa. first team was that started to sniff around and had no, to be no. told no. I just, it just don't, light bulb went off. That that didn't happen. No, I don't believe it for a second. That's to make it look like many teams wanted Chris Livingston, right? Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter if like many teams did or didn't want him. It, I, it could be it could be realistic. I don't think it's overly realistic that like the number third the thirty fifth pick called clutch and they're like, hey, we think we're going to take Chris here. No, no, you're not the Milwaukee Bucks. That, that's that's what I mean. Like it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make logical sense for you to turn down more money for your client because I, I, I don't, I know second round contracts aren't guaranteed, but I would think that being like you said, a thirty fifth versus fifty eighth would make more money. So, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, it probably if there's truth to this, and I, I like that you're being a little skeptical about it, it, it may have been like the 50th pick. Oklahoma City yeah. at 50 reached out to him, and no, no, we don't, know. Uh, we. I, I can get, point, yeah. Yeah, at this point, we've got another team that we like. If you don't mind, maybe pass on us. And then maybe a couple other teams from 50 to 58 reached out to see. If, maybe that's the scenario there. And again, we don't know exactly the promises, uh, but it, it's a – as they'd say in dodgeball, bold strategy, Cotton. If well, here's the other, here's the other thing too. If what if that team that had made the promise just was like, eh, we're good. I, I just I to believe that that is where we are in the player empowerment movement um, is a little ridiculous. That's not how the draft works. But not, uh, that's not normally. I, yeah, that's not normally. Just, yeah. Not not buying it all the way, but call me skeptical in the clutch workings. But hey, at least Chris did get a spot. Um, very happy for him. Like, okay, it happened. Good job. Like, uh, it, the goal was ultimately reached. Even though you, I'm sure you wanted to be drafted higher than Mister Irrelevant. Do they call him Mister Irrelevant in the NBA draft, or is that that just football? I think it it, it is used. I don't think it's totally accurate no. since there's only two rounds and 58 picks. But you do see it thrown around a little bit. I, I didn't see it at all last night. 
it it would be cool though because like they um mr relevant gets a lot of stuff like they they basically sign an immediate endorsement deal and get a bunch of free swag like the, the nfl has a mr relevant package for the last pick where you get it might not be actual uh, tons of money or signing bonus but it is a lot of cool stuff maybe an endorsement here or there so I don't think they do that sort of gimmick in the NBA, but people were throwing around the phrase on social media. But uh, another interesting part about Chris Livingston, but Cal tweets out that gradu- NBA draft is like graduation day for him. He's so excited for Kaysen and his family, uh, but he's leaving. He was there with Kaysen. He was there as Kaysen got picked, give him a big hug, a little kiss, just doing the whole thing. Uh, but said, I am leaving after Kaysen was picked because. It's my anniversary. I'm going to go have a glass of wine with my wife, a little alone time between the Calipari's. That sounds pretty nice. Um, but he also says that Oscar, Chris, and Jacob, who aren't at the draft, uh, they're not at Barclays, but I'm going to watch them get drafted on TV. Well, turns out Chris Livingston was there. Oh, yeah. Cal had a follow-up oh. and says – I'm so happy for Kaysen and Chris to be drafted. We had some miscommunication. I didn't realize Chris was at Barclays until I saw him on TV. I let him know last night that I would have stayed and sat with him had I realized that he was there. And he talks about Jacob getting a two-way deal with the Knicks, which we'll talk about. He thinks Oscar's going to find himself a good spot. But, yeah, I bet the Cal Cal didn't know that Chris Livingston. So it's one of of two things. Also, why, why was Chris Livingston there? But yeah, some people some people like to be there for that. I'm, I'm even I'm if right. they are you want to if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I think it would true. be cool to be in person when your name's drafted. That being said, if it, if it was up in the air, if I wasn't 100 percent sure I was getting drafted, I definitely wouldn't put myself through that. And if I thought I may be the last pick in the draft, I also don't think I'd put myself through that either. But I could see, you know, your lifelong dream. You may want right, to be there. Right. You just want to be there. I can understand that to a certain extent. So a couple things here. One. It, it, it's just actually true. There was a miscommunication. It was bad luck. Oh, shucks. Mm-hmm. Two, and I don't think it's one for what it's worth. Two, Cal knew that he was there. It's his anniversary night. I'm not hanging out here till how, what time was it, Scooch, that he was picked? Uh, probably quarter after 12, closer to 12.30 maybe. Yeah, I'm not staying here past midnight on my anniversary night. Maybe or maybe not seeing this dude get picked. I'm just going to say that I'm leaving because nobody else is here that is my players. That's number two. I think that is a, there's a chance maybe that's most realistic. Number three, Chris Livingston, clutch. Clutch, Chris Livingston. Good riddance. Best of luck to you. If you do well, we're going to claim you as a Kentucky Wildcat. If you just kind of – if you don't, then so be it. Best of luck to you. I'm washing my hands clean of this whole situation. Could be number three, too. I think it's probably number two that it was just, ah, I've got to get on with my evening. You're not, you may may get picked very, very late. Uh, but regardless, kind of an awkward situation with the whole clutch stuff. People's imaginations are going to run amok. Amok. Amok, 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 amok. Um, there, there also could have just been a, you know, from the other side, where Chris Livingston's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want Cal hanging around me tonight. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. True. I'll just, I'm gonna go my own way. Um, kind of like what 
one assistant coach who did not have anybody drafted tonight said on Twitter. Oh, man. Maybe we, uh, we, maybe we take our first break and get to that whole. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, th- that, is, that is set up well. We still need to talk. Jake, again, Jacob Toppin signed a two-way deal with the Knicks. He'll be reunited with his brother, but not drafted. And, of course, Oscar Shibway, the first national player of the year, I think since 2000, to not be drafted. Wow. Uh, he has not, at least has not broken this morning, of him signing any sort of deal contract, summer league thing with any with any team. So we will come back and tell you about an assistant coach throwing a little shade and maybe a BOFA situation. I don't know if he was just – if he was slinging one arrow one direction. I think he was actually maybe – slinging a couple arrows at a couple different folks. But, of course, in classic U of L fashion, the joke is actually on him. We'll tell you about that. We'll talk a little more NBA draft. But a big night NBA draft has nothing to do with it for U.K. basketball. We'll tell you exactly what that is. It's a jam-packed Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Don't go anywhere. Text on into the Thornton's text line and stop on into Thornton's to get your day started. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. The people that don't like Joel, for the most part, just don't have a clue. They're just doing A plus B must equal C. Like, Joel got here. Kentucky's recruiting hasn't been as great. So he's obviously equals, the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He It must be because he's not a good recruiter. With Walker and Roush. No, teams are just cheating, folks. That's an old one. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Friday. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And we've got a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, People were potentially throwing some shade at John Calipari yesterday. Uh, One Lachlan McLean thinks that Clutch intentionally didn't tell Cal that Livingston was there, that they didn't, Roush, and you had mentioned that, that they didn't, uh, maybe they just didn't want Cal with them, which would bring on some questions about what that means for the UK Bradshaw situation if things really aren't great between UK and Clutch. Clutch is uh, an agency. They've represented a couple Kentucky players, Chris Livingston, notably, the representation was not happy with the way Chris Livingston allegedly was or supposedly was used at UK. Um, and they are representing Aaron Bradshaw, who suffered an injury at the McDonald's All-American game, but just now is starting to get surgery on his foot. A lot of people are wondering, is that going to be a fishy situation for UK basketball? We can talk he said, more about um, I was just going to say quickly, he said on Instagram, what, three to six weeks? He'll be back. We'll miss Global Jam, and then uh, uh, afterwards should be good to go. Um, but he said that on Instagram Live, and I just want to say God bless Jack Pilgrim and all the people who watch those Instagram Lives because, my God, I can't imagine 
can't imagine doing that regularly for like if, if I got to start doing that for I don't know Barry on Brown to wonder where he's going like I'm 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 good I, I I'll I'll be I'll be happy not knowing what's going on in these Instagram lives. So you're not a big J is what you're telling us. Right. Uh, that's I feel like having to watch Instagram lives for news is just like I, I that, that's a line I don't want to cross. You do get news from them. I mean, the players just don't really talk all that much. Uh, players really don't even tweet all that much, or at least tweet news all that much. But they sometimes will sing like a bird on those Instagram lives where they'll say stuff that you just don't really get. And it's really been the only way that we've had kind of an inside look into this whole Aaron Bradshaw situation is comments he's made on Instagram, little things he's said on Instagram live. So, yeah, that, that will be a situation to monitor, but we all were doing that anyways. And right, right. There's right. a portion of UK fans the second that they heard that Aaron Bradshaw with a mysterious injury, well, he ain't playing. Uh, they were they were sure of it, a lot of UK fans. And, you know, the thing is, they could totally be right because there was a group of people that were saying that about Shaden Sharp. They turned out to be right about the whole thing. But it, it's already a situation we're going to monitor if there is any additional smoke or beef between Clutch and Cal and the Chris Livingston draft night thing was any indication of that. And it is a weird situation yeah, just because yeah. Cal tweeted like nobody's nobody else is here. So I'm going to go have wine with my wife. And then at six 45 the next morning, he's like, Oh, there was a miscommunication between Chris and me. So it, it just seems like that relationship has uh, yeah. gone a little Which, sour. And, and you know what? Like that happens. Um, I mean, I'm not, not every single player that, place for a coach is going to end their time happily. Um, but I think the the point you brought up is what's just got people around, you know, what got Kentucky fans a little anxious is because we think it's centered around his agency's relationship. And there's more. Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, there's more coming. So, uh, And the truth is, I, I tweeted out what I think is going to kind of look similar to the depth chart, probably not 100% accurate, obviously. Uh but we're going to get into more UK basketball news a little bit later. It, it, it is a radio topic worth conversation. Where would he even fit in next year's lineup and roster? Like, I would be really excited about a sophomore Chris Livingston and think he could be a good player. Uh, but it, And, you know, you're probably not getting Trey Mitchell if you bring him in. But if they really wanted him to play more two than lean four, that probably comfortably puts him where he was last year at the three. Well, you got Justin Edwards there, and you're not probably moving Justin Edwards to the two. The whole roster would look a little different with Livingston, and I don't know if it necessarily would be better with Chris Livingston, especially with some of the headaches surrounding him. But speaking of headaches, uh, Nolan Smith remains kind of a goober on Twitter there, Nick Ralph. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really weird. So Nolan Smith, uh, many people might remember him from his playing days at Duke. Now he's coaching at the University of Louisville. Um, and believe it or not, there was not a player from Louisville's 4-28 team that got drafted in the NBA draft. But um, as some other players were getting drafted, it was, it was just weird, the timing of this. Nolan said, I will never go to the draft as a coach unless my player personally invites me and says, Coach, weren't you there? Draft night is about the player and his family. It's not a photo op to Posts on IG to help with recruiting. Huh. Such a loser tweet. There's really just no other way around it. 
And I'm sure if like asked about it in a media setting, what she won't, and that's, you know, it's not a big deal that he won't either. He'd be like, I wasn't talking about anybody in particular because it, it does just allow so many cop out alleys where I, I didn't say that Cal wasn't invited by Cason Wallace. I, I, I didn't say that John Shire wasn't invited by Derek Lively. I was just talking in, in generalities that if you weren't invited, I wouldn't be there, which like, yeah, no crap. I would imagine if a player asked the coach not to come, the coach isn't going to be persistent and crash the party. I imagine all the coaches that are there were invited by the player. Now, maybe the coach said, hey, I was planning on being with you draft night. If you're cool with that, how do you feel about that? And the player may say, yeah, we, we would love it. We we're, we we would we'd, wouldn't be the same without you there, coach. We don't know the situations. But that's why it's just such a goober tweet is neither do you, Nolan Smith. Do you know if Cason Wallace and his family personally invited Calipari? Do you know if Derek Lively and his family personally invited John Shire? Because Duke fans took this tweet as a negative, too. They took this and they said, oh, he left us. He left the brotherhood. And now he's just an ex-scorn lover at UofL. He's jealous he's seeing Duke guys on TV. But on the same side, Kentucky fans were like, oh, this is the rivalry. 70 miles away, he's taking shots at John Calipari. And the truth is, it could apply to both. It could apply to any coach. One person it doesn't apply to is you, Nolan Smith, because you don't have players getting drafted in the lottery. You're not a head coach. And if you ever are a head coach, then you can worry about that. You can cross that bridge when you get to it. Uh, as the things stand right now at UofL, as an assistant coach, I don't think you need to worry about it, buddy. Oh, man. And the thing, too, is like you, – you're just know. Real quick, I just want to get here. I want to make it – I am not going to cheat on my wife with a supermodel. I can't believe people out there do that sort of deal. I mean, seriously. I would never go on a date with a famous movie star if she, unless she approached me and said, hey, TJ, would you like to go on a date with me? In which case, maybe I would consider it. But I would never go out of my way to do that. I mean, that, you're only going to come off looking like a goober if you're a college basketball coach tweeting on draft night when your players are not getting drafted. There's just no, there's no way around. It's a no-win situation. <laughs> and what is it with Louisville assistant coaches just looking like total goobs online? Did I mean, another even, coach do something? Well, I mean, that was the last, the the last regime had those problems as well. Um, not not uh, Kenny Payne's staff. I mean, he's got enough, but it it's just a long, long line of goobers that have been over there at the university of louisville and um yeah it's just a real they can't get out of their own way can't get out of their own way that's one way to get yourself known on draft night though is to just tweet something stupid yeah it's just like poor nolan smith i just don't think he's got any clue about how to work social media he dms fans if they're like too critical he, he'll He'll play like games with following, unfollowing, following, unfollowing. He just focus on basketball, dude. You've got one of the best jobs in America. You're an assistant coach. You're getting paid six figures. You only won four games last year, but like you're, you know, you got some momentum going into this year. You, you need to win more than four games, obviously. Just take a deep breath, take a break from social media, and and focus on. 
focused on trying to win more than four games and focused on trying to get draft picks. So Kenny Payne can make that decision whether or not he wants to be there or not. Uh, it, you're right, Roush. Just a, a coach, especially an assistant coach, especially an assistant coach from a team that's coming off a four-win season, a historically bad season, tweeting anything about a draft night that they have zero part of is a tough look. It's just a tough look. Even if Nolan Smith was an incredibly likable guy that didn't have a bunch of incidents on social media, it'd be Mm. one thing. Uh, It'd still be a negative thing. It'd still be a tough look for him. But especially given his social media history, this is... uh, Well, and then he's got to have his wife come like to his defense too, which made it even more awkward. Yeah, night she did. Oh yeah, that's that's actually how I got a hold of it was his wife, and I don't I don't know how the algorithm worked, but she had she had quote tweeted him and then was like fighting people in the replies. Uh, Oh boy! And I got a not really sure the best way to find it, but um, uh, I did love just. Brett Marshall, who's former UK bas- baseball great, played at Trinity. Brett just said, got to have five or more wins to go to the draft, coach. <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch of funny replies to those tweets. Oh, those was, some yeah. of the replies on that one last night had me rolling. Rolling. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, man. Good stuff. I, Good stuff. I kind of um, want to see what the what the tweet was, though. I know. I I don't know the the wife's name on here, but I I saw it at one point last night, and now I'm I'm trying to do some scrolling because it got quote tweeted to Bolivia. You'll never believe that. Um, a lot of quote tweets. Hmm. Keep looking. Uh, we'll try to find it at some point this hour. Yeah, we'll see if we can come up with anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think maybe we did. No. Unless, uh, unless she has me blocked, which she may, but it's 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 not wanting it's not wanting to it's not wanting to let me see her tweets. So we could have some breaking news in that regard as well. One guy commented and said, "One guy commented and said, well, good thing you decided to go coach at Louisville. Then not many pros coming from a four win program, so you won't be at the draft." Heyo. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think she maybe blocked me. Oh, well, I wouldn't. Unless she just, unless she just deleted her entire account. Let me head on over to my burner. Man, that could have been a. a, a I don't think I've ever even tweeted her before. Deleted account situation, right? Just like, oh man, maybe I should not have replied. Would it be that bad? Oh yeah, she deleted her account, folks. Yeah. That's how bad it was. You know, the thing is, when I searched her Twitter name, the second tweet was, the Smiths should just delete Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you try to scroll up on that tweet, it says the tweet from this account no longer exists. She deleted her tweet. So what was the what was the geist of it, as the kids say? What was the gist of it? It was just something along the lines of like, you don't know who he's tweeting at. It isn't so and so. And she was just Oh man. It was just a coincidence, like that sort of. Yeah, uh, breaking news. Nolan Smith's wife has left the social media app Twitter. <laughs> one other com- one other reply on it I thought was pretty funny. Guy said, no one invites an assistant coach. Stop acting like you big. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, dude. Oh, man. So oh. that's like, weird like when that was kind of maybe one of the biggest things about draft night. Let, let's do this radio. Let's do this radio bit. Oh. 
I was going to have one more draft thing too that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Okay. The HPT. I looked up what the HPT was on Kaysom Wallace's suit. Uh, It was his hometown, right? Yeah, it was his uh, neighborhood, which um, Cameron Drummond at the Herald Leader had a good story on like the background where, uh, like in that interview, his brother uh, Keaton was with him and he was saying that, uh, you know, like neighbors would call complaining about them dribbling the ball late into the night. Uh, and Hamilton Park, it's originally an all-black subdivision, and it was named after a civic leader uh, and physician, Dr. Richard Hamilton, that opened in uh, 1954. So, Dr. Richard rep- Hamilton. He was he was repping his uh, hometown, Hamilton Park, went to high school not far away, and now, even though he's not playing for the Mavericks, OKC's only three hours away from Hamilton Park. So, cool way to rep the hometown. He looked classy, the three-piece uh, the the red underneath it, the bow tie, very classy for Casey Wallace. Yeah, it looked it looked sharp, a lot better than Grady Dick's get up. But that, that uh, was a lot. Grady yeah. Dick looks like uh, like uh, he was going to a uh, what, what, what? Oh man, now I can't think of the guy's name. He's married to Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly. That was like a Machine Gun Kelly get up. He rocked it though. I thought like, he I thought he pulled it off pretty well. A Twitter account uh, that's titled at Pete Golding's DUI says, Coach, congrats on the three-win season last year. Maybe this year we can get five. It was a four-win season, Pete Golding's DUI. (laughs) I just – I want to know who that's a fan of because Pete Golding (laughs) was the defensive coordinator at Alabama, so you would think it was probably an Auburn fan. But now Pete Golding's at Ole Miss, so is it a Mississippi State? Like, who is (laughs) – <laughs> he's only he's only got 13 followers for which, which sec fan base is because he's posing as a ufl fan uh let's let's do the radio bit did oscar sheway and jacob toppin make a mistake going to the nba draft to chris livingston should they have come back to college obviously nobody would think that for case and wallace made a great decision uh, had a fun season. You just wish Kentucky could have done more for him because he he was a dog, as the kids say. But yep. for the had other to do three, a lot. had to do were, a lot. Were mistakes made? Should Oscar Sheebway be coming back for another year, breaking all the UK records? Jacob Toppin, we, we're going to talk Trey Mitchell in hour number two. We wouldn't even be having that conversation if Jacob Toppin said, yeah, I'm coming back to UK one final year. I'm closing this thing out. Um, and, and even Chris Livingston, you know. I, I I got a promise. I know I've got a promise. Well, you could have came back and bet on yourself and turned yourself into a first-round pick if you have a really great year. It's not like age would have been a factor for Chris Livingston after his sophomore season. So, Roush, let's play the radio bit game. Did okay. they make mistakes? Radio bit. Radio bit. Every radio station going to talk bit. about this. We're um, just the first one, baby. Yes, we're doing it first. Dibs, and I'm saying they all made the correct decisions. Because Chris Livingston really could have put himself in danger of being an Alex Poitras, um, which, fine college basketball player, but his stonks were at their highest after his freshman season. He returned, um, and although he got better, injuries just kind of kept him from ever really getting back to that original draft stock. And I think he ended up going undrafted, which some would argue not too much different than what happened with Livingston. So, um, I could see that scenario, even though I think it's much more likely that he would have come back, had a much better year, 
fit in perfectly at that four spot, playing along the wing alongside Justin Edwards, spacing it. I mean, it, it could have been a great piece for next year's team. But um, I, I will say they all. I, I, I totally get it from Toppin and Sheboy's perspective too. They're old, like they're just they're old. You get tired of being in college doing the same old thing, and I know it's like, well, they can make money now, and I, but there's. I, I was making money my last semester of college, but I was ready to move on out of college because it's just, it was time. Um, I, I, I think that I, I understand that situation. I get it. Um, and so I, I can't, I can't necessarily blame him, even though Oscar Shibway did go undrafted. So did Adama Sonogo, the final four MVP. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and so did Drew Timmy, which, you know, uh, that's just it's it's weird where we're at in college basketball as a sport right now. Um, Colin Castleton also undrafted, the Florida star, as well. But like Roush, you know, when you were leaving college, you didn't potentially have six figures to keep you involved and stay at college. You know, that's true. That's true. Little um, apples and oranges. Uh, it, it is. It is, and I think even more so for Toppin, where you started somewhere else. You've really only had a prominent role for a year. Whereas Oscar Shibway, I like, I, I mean, different strokes for different folks. Um, being the baddest ass and best rebounder in college basketball, I would love that limelight, but I, I totally get if he was just ready to be like, all right, I've done this for the last two years. We're just kind of, we're spinning our wheel here. Let's, let's do something different. Let's get a change of scenery and maybe see if that um, is reinvigorating. I think you can make a case that the all three of them made a mistake. Uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, if we're going to believe Shams and we're going to believe Clutch, that Livingston is in a place that promised him a spot and is not going to just automatically send him down to the G League where you know players, it's kind of a purgatory to a certain degree. Of course, it'd be a two-way deal, so he'd be with the Bucks sometimes if that were the case. But it sounds like he's got a promise where that's maybe not going to be the case. So if that's if that's what happens with him, then so be it. You're right. It would have been a gamble. He could have kind of gone the way of Alex Poitras after his sophomore season, or he could have really improved his stock and and been a solidified first rounder, going to be a little bit more NBA ready had he done that. But I'll, I'll, I'll say that he's fine, that he got drafted, supposedly in a spot that he wants to be in. So at the end of the day, you're, you're good to go. I think with both Toppin, though, and Oscar, you can say that they should have came back to college. Again, easy for me to say. You don't know everything going on with their personal lives. Uh, the financial aspect of it, we may have an idea or a guesstimate about it, but even then, we don't really know for sure exactly that comparatively to what they'll be getting in the NBA. We don't even know where Oscar's going to go. Uh, but Toppin could have just been – you could have theoretically just had the same front court, Toppin and Oscar together, and they could have dominated college basketball another season. So I think you can make a pretty strong case that both those guys made a mistake not returning to college. And Oscar would have broken all the records, would have he's already gonna go down yeah, in UK yeah. history, obviously, but would have just probably put right put up records that would not have been topped for at least our lifetimes, maybe forever, which that's an impressive thing to be able to say. So I think you can make a strong case that both those guys maybe made a mistake. But if they're happy, they're happy. At the end of the day, if they're sick of UK or if they're sick of college basketball, they weren't – got to do what makes them happiest. So if this is what it is, then this is what it is. But I do think 
there was nothing stopping them from making good money at UK, having significant roles, and not being in any worse of a spot next year than they would have been this year. Now, I heard a rumor last night, and you all can correct me if this is wrong, but can either of those guys come back to Kentucky now since they didn't no. get drafted? No. Okay. Uh, there were some idiots online that like just saw news reports um, that it was proposed, but it was never formally legislated. Okay, yeah, I didn't um, think so either, but somebody had told me that, and I was like, I don't think I, that's accurate. I, just, I don't know why Like people really clung on to just like a Shams tweet. And it's like, you can't – one Shams tweet from 2019 – like, that would have been a news like that would have been much more discussed before now if that was a possibility. They didn't they never changed it to baseball rules. That's not the case. That's why we made May 31st such a big deal because it was the deadline. Not yeah, yeah. after the they, they, they cannot they're not they're not coming back to Kentucky. They can't. And then with the Jacob Toppin situation, he is in New York with his brother. There is something kind of cool about that. But he he could have been just the you know although with Bradshaw there would he have been I think that maybe scared him a little bit I think you'd be naive not to think that but then with the Bradshaw foot drama who knows how it all would have played out and then Oscar could have just been the five although there is a part of me as a Kentucky fan where I'm going to be excited to have a shot blocker of course I could see Ugo getting pushed around and UK struggling rebounding and me be like darn it I wish Oscar was back there but. From a UK basketball standpoint, UK is going to play significantly differently defensively with Oscar not in the equation. I still would have rather had him around for rebounding purposes, but that's the one I think a lot of people are going to look at. Did he make a mis- did did he make the right choice going pro? Then again, this has been kind of touched on. Oscar, a lot of his nil money was coming from one prominent donor who may or may not have ran for governor. would have been a good or a bad thing to have them more involved in the program like they had been the last couple of years. There's a conversation to be had there too. So everything happens for a reason. We'll see how it shakes out for those former cats. All the best. We we didn't ask Scoots though. Did Trace Jackson Davis make a mistake by going to the NBA draft? No. He was the penultimate pick. Trace was Trace was always going to be a second round guy. While I didn't think he would fall that far down, I knew he was going to be a second round guy. So that how much more could he do at Indiana? You know, with with the exception of winning something. Winning. Oh, <laughs> I mean, same with Oscar. Like again, you know, I everybody's got to do what's best for him and makes them happy. But Oscar was going to change his number to nine, which he actually could have done next year for what it was worth. They've changed that rule. You can be weird numbers now. Um, he could have, he, it was all national championship that he had had a vision to come back. Cause he was supposed to win a championship. What, what, what the hell happened to those visions? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? But that is a pretty big caveat. Scoots. Ah, there's nothing more he could do in college except, you know, maybe make it out of the first weekend. Exactly. Let's end our one there. We need to talk about the current UK basketball roster. We've spent basically the entire first hour talking about previous rosters, previous players. The Trey Mitchell fella from West Virginia that we talked about on Wednesday. A lot of smoke there. UK was sniffing around, supposedly. Well, he's officially entered the transfer portal. We'll tell you what that means, what it could mean for UK. And we'll take your text on the Thornton's text line in hour number two. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big X for Trey. I'm only gonna break, break your, break, break your heart. I'm only gonna break, break your, break, break your heart.
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Fourteen fifty a.m. Nick Rush, tell everybody about Salsaritas. I'd love to tell everybody about Salsaritas because it's deliciously different. The best of the best. They have flame grilled meats. Whether you from shrimp to steak and chicken, everything in between, um, and you can get it in a variety of ways too at that fresh cantina. Quesadillas, tacos, quesaritos, burritos, tacos, taco salads, nachos. My favorite is nachos with the chips on the side. So those wildly addictive chips don't get soggy. They're so good. They're so light. They're so crispy. Don't want to let them get soggy because they're simply the best. Salsa that's so good, it's why it's in their name. They have two locations. Check out Salsaritas in Middletown or on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews and download the app before you go. And they'll hook you up with some Salsaritas books. Salsaritas, it's simply the best. It is better than all the rest. That's one thing that we can guarantee. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. If you're a refresher and rewards member, you're saving five cents off the gallon when you go to Thornton's, which everybody can use with gas prices these days. Nick Roush, how did it go on the Rutherford show yesterday? You were filling in. Mike Rutherford is on vacation. I listened up uh, in uh, missed maybe a little bit here or there, but in large part up until about five o'clock. Then then it was baby time, but uh, more toddler time now. But how did how did it go? It, it went well. You know, it's one of those things that just anytime you do radio with Trevor Kelsey, it can kind of get sideways. Um, and I, I I guess I don't mind it as much because. Uh, you know, three hours is a long time after doing two hours in the morning. Um, so, you know, maybe we got a little distracted with ice cream truck talk um, and, and cookie talk. Um, but I did uh, I did think we had a good uh, conversation about UofL football. Um, and ultimately, he just really just I, – I, I came to the conclusion that both UK and UofL are going eight and four – but uh, he nudged me into making like a, a, a food bet with him on who would win more games, the cats or the cards. So I just I, I couldn't couldn't look like a coward. So that's I ended up taking dumb, it. That's such a dumb bet. Why don't I just bet who wins UK or U of L? Yeah, I mean that's that's really what it should I should have just told him to do because that's what's we're gonna end up pushing because Kentucky's gonna beat Louisville and they're both gonna be eight and four. Like that's, that's just that's like how the it's most Trevor go. Kelsey bet of all time. He, and he's so confident UofL is going to beat UK, then just bet that game. Yeah. Bet that game, Cowboy. Yep. Yeah. We're, well, we're, well, Scoots yeah. is going to get them all to himself today. Oof. Can't wait. We did have uh, Bobby Regan on. That was nice catching up with him. And it was especially – like I could feel the pain in Trevor's voice when uh, we also said how many games would Kenny Payne have to win in order to have more wins than uh, in two years than Rick Pitino has in his first year. And uh, just Trevor just being like, there's no way. There's no way. Bobby telling him that Rick Pitino is the best coach in college basketball right now, that he would take him over anybody. Trevor's just like, oh, he, you could you could feel the pain in that, that, that big, big heart of his. I would not take Rick Pitino over anybody in college basketball right now. That's a hot take. Who would you take? 
you just got to win one game. You got to win. I know that's not how college basketball works. You but. have to win. So basically, who do you think is the best coach in a one-game setting? Yeah. Well, then it's probably. I mean, it's probably none of the people that you think it'd be. I would guess it's probably just some like young assistant. Fairly like, Dickinson, <laughs> that coach, something like that. Um, it'd be tough to, it, as much as we hate it, it'd be tough to go against Bill Self right yeah, now. Yeah, I would say uh, that's who. I, he's, he's in a little golden era. Yeah. Um, He's found he's reemerged. They've always consistently been good, but like he's, you know, at that top top level right now. And Cats will get to see Kansas and Hunter Dickinson in the Champions Classic in November. But I, I, if you, I don't know how anybody could take Rick Pitino over Bill Self right now. It's not like Rick Pitino totally and completely killed it at at Iona. Excuse me. Um, Did well. Got to one NCAA tournament, but Iona's a program that usually wins that conference more times than not anyways. They're the premier yeah, program yeah. in the that Mac. conference. The MAC. So, Mac. But I like Rick Pitino. I'm rooting for him. Like, you know, the Big East is just going to be filthy. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the part where if you actually wanted to make that bet with somebody, because we I brought it up uh, with my friends. And they said Patino would not. That Kenny Payne would end up winning 17 games or so, and the Big East is tough. And even though Rick did well in the portal, like did he do well enough to win 20 plus games in the Big East right away in year one? It's a hadn't been done at St. John's in a long time. Yeah, long he'll time. he'll he'll win there. Maybe maybe it will take more than a year. He'll win there, but uh, the Big East is tough as well. All those points are are totally true. It seems like the rumors surrounding UK and Trey Mitchell were true. I think really, really kicking up too on I think fire Justin now. Roland was the first one to say anything about it. Which again, when he he doesn't often get basketball scoop, but if he does hear something, it's usually worth paying attention to. I think he also was the first one to definitively say Oscar Shibway's not coming back because that went into decision day, and I think even. I thought that there was going to be some sort of premonition or something along those lines that we're going to tell him to come back to UK, but Justin kind of crushed those dreams early that morning, being like, no, I'm hearing that he's he's going to stay in the draft. It's not going to happen. Or maybe it was even a couple of days before, whenever it was. But uh, So when he gets basketball scoop, it's worth paying attention to. He had said, keep an eye out on Trey Mitchell. When the stuff happened with Bob Huggins, I think Every fan base around college basketball that needs a piece here or there thought, ooh, West Virginia, I wonder if their players are going to leave or not. UK fans, obviously no exception with how this offseason has gone. Then again, Roland says keep an eye out on Trey Mitchell. We talked about it on Wednesday. He enters the portal on Thursday. And will he be a cat by the time we do radio get on Monday, Roush? Because it seems like that may be the case. I would hope so. I would really hope that that could be something that happens over the weekend that we don't have to sweat out. But I, 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 I'm a little worried. There's some wishful thinking there. Just, I mean, there, there shouldn't be anything that holds it up. But at the same time, this off season, every time it feels like things shouldn't be happening a certain way, they just it, not, nothing's come easily. Let's just say that, right? There's always been something extra. Um, so I'm just. I'm hopeful. I don't. I don't know what could be the sort of holdup, but I mean, even your Slaters, your Truly Donovans. I mean, all of those folks are just like, ah, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. You got it. What else have they got to do? Just go make it happen. 
Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody is saying that Trey Mitchell is going to be a Kentucky Wildcat. So it's hard not to get a little excited about it. I'll be totally over the moon excited once it becomes official official. The thing that would worry you is now that he's officially in the portal, Memphis just makes a silly offer to him, like an offer that's probably not even realistic. Or Michigan just tells him some number that they're pulling out of their hiney and to the point where he's like, well, okay, well, I, I at least right. want to go hear their pitch. I'll go check them out. And then things get weird and complicated and messy. And that's why you just want this to get over with. The sooner, the better. Then we can really start talking about this upcoming season. You get Trey Mitchell. It is the perfect Jacob Toppin replacement, in my opinion. You just throw him in, and I don't think – you worry about the four position at all. You maybe the only thing you worry about is maybe depth at the four position. Uh, and that will not be an issue. If Bradshaw does play, if Bradshaw plays, then you're pretty much like, I, I almost think you're, you're locked in on the front court where they're, I can't imagine it being bad. Trey Mitchell is a good player. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be a bust. He's never been in his college career, so it's not gonna be his first year at UK that he just totally is a non-factor. He's gonna. He's going to bring stuff to the table. You can guarantee it. Scoring, rebounding, shooting, passing. Uh, decent defender. Not his. Not, not his strength, but solid enough. I don't think he's gonna be getting abused one way or another. I can't imagine it's, he's a worse defender than Jacob Toppin. And I'm not taking that as a as a knock on Toppin. I'm just saying I don't think he'd be worse defender than Jacob Toppin was. Then it kind of falls on Ugo's shoulders. If he is good, if he's great, if he really is one of the better bigs in college basketball, like John Calipari was teasing to end last season, although he couldn't get on the floor at all last year for the most part. Uh, but, we'll, you know, if, if he is a good big, then you're going to have one of the better front courts in the country, I think. Maybe not the best, but probably one of the better ones. And then just how good it'll depend on how good Uganda Kingsley on Enzo is or how good Aaron Bradshaw is as a college freshman. And if he ends up being a top five pick, then you may be one of the best front courts in the country. So that's what Trey Mitchell provides. Because without him, you can still feel solid about the front court, but is Bradshaw going to play? Is his foot going to be healthy? Is he going to get injured? What if you gonna, while the potential's still there, isn't just as close to the surface as we imagined, and it's going to take another year for him to develop? Then you're talking about that being a pretty significant weakness. Getting Trey Mitchell just allows you to exhale and know that the front court's probably going to be okay, but definitely won't be terrible. Yeah, yeah, like there's, it, it adds some insurance in the form of muscle. Most importantly, just because with Uganda, that's, I mean, that's his obviously his biggest weakness is his strength. So uh, having that, having a little experience there does make you kind of let out a, a small sigh of relief um, if you can make that happen. So go make it happen and let's get it done by Monday. Let's make that something we're talking about on Monday show. Yeah. And again, you know, we'll probably have very similar conversations to the ones that we're having now once it does become official. But that's that was the the beauty and the frustration with this entire and long offseason was, and we said it time and time and time again on Kentucky Roll Call. You're just you're so close. And and that's why it was just so tough for it to not be happening 
was because you were so close. Like, all you needed to do was get two guys. Well, Antonio Reeves announces he comes back. That makes us feel so much better about what we're getting out of UK's backcourt. It's a, a bucket getter. He's a good scorer. He's a great scorer. He's been a great scorer for, in college basketball his entire career and maybe did his best scoring at UK this past season. What's he going to build off that for one final year? I'm excited to find out. And then you needed somebody else in the front court, especially with the Bradshaw news. You needed somebody even without the Bradshaw news, but almost with that Bradshaw news, you could say that it maybe helped you because getting a Trey Mitchell is better than getting a Keyshad Johnson. And I like Johnson a lot. It would have been fine if he would have pulled the trigger. It's just funny how things can work from time to time. And, and I'm not given, you know, I, people are going to make too big of a deal about this one way or another. But Cal could have never predicted this stuff with Bob Huggins was going to happen and Trey Mitchell was going to fall on his lap. I do think there were some other names out there. I think there were some other options, potentially. But I don't, so I don't think they were, it was either going to be Trey Mitchell or Bust. But it's just funny how all this stuff works. And if he does end up committing to UK and playing for Kentucky next season, the offseason, when it was all said and done, won't really be all that bad. Doesn't mean it wasn't shaping up to be horrible. Before you before this week, there was reasons to be very concerned. But if you get one of the top scorers in the SEC to announce that he's staying, which happened, and you bring in one of the better role players in the Big 12 from last season, which sounds like it's going to happen, let's rock and roll. We always felt good about the freshmen. We always knew that the ceiling could be incredibly high. We were just worried about where the basement was. But you get a Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves, I can't imagine the basement being I don't I, it's going to be a good team. It's just it's going to be a pretty good team. I don't know how it wouldn't be. Maybe the chemistry's off, maybe locker room ends up being an issue. Those are all things you can't really predict at this time of the year. You got to get the guys together and see how it goes. But it, it'll be like it'll it'll be a and rightfully so, probably a top 10 team for heading into the season and, and as UK fans, we should be excited about that. Yes, nothing matters until March. We're all on the same page there, but it's more fun to feel good about the roster you have heading into the season than what we were basically doing the entire offseason, which was a little doom and gloom, sometimes warranted. But, Roush, it's all going to work out, weirdly enough, it sounds like. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and, you know, there, there's always unknowns, right, uh, you know, especially when it comes down to – Team chemistry, knowing roles, that sort of thing. Injuries, right? Like that, we've dealt with enough of those in recent years. Um, but you feel a lot better if Kentucky can make this happen. Um, and as uh, as we pointed out earlier this week when we brought it up, a texture on the Thornton text on says, Google Trey Mitchell. Not what I expected Trey Mitchell to look like um, because the first Google search result is Big Tex, the bodybuilder. Oh, yeah, you you were having that issue on, on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Feeling feeling better. Uh, so let's just get Bradshaw healthy, and um, maybe we can get to some takes on the Thornton sticks on TJ five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. This just reminds me of like a, a long road trip, and the everybody in the car is just fighting the entire time. Maybe somebody in the car is really really gassy. It gets awkward at times. But then you get to where you're going, you get to your destination, you get to the vacation, and everybody's just like, woo, we're here. All right, we're good to go. That's what this offseason has felt like. A stinky 
infighting car ride, long car ride that we haven't been able to escape. But it seems like once we are all ready to get out and enjoy this season, we're going to like where we're at. We're going to be happy with the with, with what's ahead of us. And I think that sums up the roster situation for this year. A texter on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Oh, boy. How, how far up are we going here? Um, uh, uh, do yeah. we think Cal held Reeves hostage? If this was about money, which I think it was, as this will be his most profitable year. I can't blame the kid. He could set himself up for many years with the money he makes this year. No, UK and Cal did not hold Reeves hostage. Uh, the NCAA rules potentially could have held him hostage. Yeah, like his own not going to class or going to class or whatever that was. Or not was. taking enough hours, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling that's what it was. Um, yeah, turns out like there are rules, some rules. And also, um, things could be worse, right? Like he wasn't, wasn't in a basement with his hands tied up. Um, he's playing basketball at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, it, it He's, I don't know. It like maybe he he could have. We just we don't we. I would love the full story of what happened here. Um, it does seem like maybe some other places were offering potentially more nil, but I'm guessing Kentucky probably did something to make him happy enough to come back, be on campus, and hopefully everybody's happy and they can all play. You don't even have enough players to play five on five pickup. Hush hush. Oh, Texter, how wrong you are, buddy. <laughs> That came from my brother. He uh he actually texted me about 9.30 yesterday, and he was like, make sure they read that text. And I was like, did you just now send it? And he was like, yep. And I was like, how many times have I told you? We go 7 to 9, so you just texted our replay. We'll read it tomorrow. <laughs> like, what an idiot. That's why I wouldn't bring him to Family Feud. Things like that. <laughs> we'll have plenty on 5 on 5. And get Somto Sirel too, because you still – I think when I'm kind of optimistic or excited about this front court, you still need somebody that can take up fouls and, and it be okay. But, like, if Trey Mitchell comes to the U.K., you're not going to necessarily want him getting in foul trouble. You're not going to want Bradshaw getting in foul trouble if he plays. And then you're going to Kingsley. He's going to be the big anchor in the middle. You're not going to want him getting in foul trouble. So you need somebody to kind of be a Lance Ware, Eloy Vargas – throw him in there, let him get fouls, play aggressively, and just kind of chew up a few minutes. Somto Sirel, I think, would, would be perfect for that. So he's reclassifying or trying to. He's going through the process of getting ready for school and all that, uh, or get, getting his grades so he can make the jump to college, I should say. And it sounds like it's going to happen, but it may not be till August or somewhere in that timeline. So that's what the experts are saying, so it's that that will fill that role perfectly. You do need somebody that can take up a few fouls. Oh, funny timing of that. I can't wait for Somto to bully somebody so I can remind you all that Roush once said he would get knocked down by a gust of wind. Yeah, he's a physical player, and that's yeah. going to be good. That's going to be good. And so, I don't – you know, if the I, expectations are to get nothing from him offensively, at least he'll be somebody that's going to defend and play aggressively. I may or may not have said that without ever seeing a picture of him ever. So why so, say that? Because what I was told was that he was not seven foot like he was listed. And so I just assumed he's much tinier. Turns out he might be a little bit shorter, but actually physical. And I was just pissed off that day. Like, yeah, I've gone through it before, but I was just like, really? More freshman? Some reclass guy? 
I was just I was just hating to hate. I was I was down. I was down and out. I think you saw a picture of Jordan Burks and thought that was some Tosirel and thought he was skinny. I think that's what happened. Okay, could have. Yeah, I, I say some dumb things on these here radio waves. If keeps if Scoots keeps driving like that, he might turn into automobile dingus. <laughs> <laughs> Scoots had a couple people reach out and be like, "What's what? Why? Why was he passing cars and storms?" Yeah, no, I I even reached out to Roush again after the show yesterday, just because I felt like such a jerk. I, I I it was one of those things that I had put it out of my mind, but then when we brought it up yesterday and I found out that it was Roush and Pops, I I felt so bad. What I an idiot! Wish I, I wish we just could have had audio in both cars scoot just being like ah <laughs> oh, this old dingus i gotta get around him it's raining we're getting on a major interstate and then major you get, like, interstate you get roush and, and papa roush who know that scoot's like oh my god what the hell is this guy's deal he's driving like a madman <laughs> trying to pass us on a one lane exit ramp while it's a three lane highway that's shrunk down to two because the lanes close <laughs> Yeah, glad everybody was made it safe. Same, yeah. I I thought about that several times yesterday. That could have had such a different ending, and I'm glad it didn't. What is the most amount of wings you could eat in one sitting? Uh, Back in my back in my heyday, you know, probably could push just shy of fifty. Now I don't know. Now I don't want to eat more than twenty. Like I feel like I would be very full at twenty ish. I would I would guess I could probably push down thirty five. And if you were really trying to, yeah. If yeah. there's different wing sizes too from different places as well, like Indy's wings, I could probably eat oh, a million. Like yeah, yeah. Those things, yeah. But I've told the story about my friend at the Hooters Wings Challenge. We'd go in high school, and I could never get 50, but I'd get into the 40s from time to time. Well, he was having an all-star day. He's going to break 50. He's getting through them no problem. And they do it in like increments, I think, of like eight or ten or something 10, like that. Yeah, it was fifteen for your first plate and then ten for everyone after, maybe. Something like that. And so like he was on his final plate to cross him over to fifty. You got a Wing King t shirt from yep. Hooters back in the day. It was a really cool t shirt. Oh yeah. And he they come back and they're like, We're out of breaded wings. Uh, we're so sorry. Like we've got naked wings, but and he was like, Okay, so can I just eat five more naked wings and get the shirt? And they were like, well, it's 75 naked wings. And so, like, we at the table were like, well, okay, well, we got to find, a, like, a middle number. We got to, if it's, you, you know, we, let's do the math here and figure out how many wings he has to eat. And they were like, no, he'll have to cross the 75 number. And my buddy, I kid you not, he just scarfed down all those. He, he, so he had an additional 30 naked wings on top of about 45 breaded wings. Wow. Impressive. Just a little junior in high school, too. Uh, now that guy, I think, is a vegetarian, weirdly enough. Huh. Interesting. Or at least was for some time. Maybe that. Maybe that's what caused him. He was like, think how many chickens I just <laughs> I've been scarred. Yeah. <laughs> I've been scarred for life. A texter says, oh, Scooch, what's your wing number? Oh, it's not very many. Maybe 15, 16. You could only you could so you could only eat fifteen or sixteen wings. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Roush about this on the golf course the other day. It's I, I just don't eat a lot. I don't think you all realize how much I just don't eat. We were all talking, and when we got to Bowling Green on Tuesday, we were all talking about how hungry we were. Me leading the charge, I was absolutely starving, and we were out. And we were all we haven't eaten. I haven't. I don't have only had one meal today. I haven't eaten since ten a.m. Uh, Scooch was like, "Me too. I hadn't eaten, actually." I did have a chili cheese dog from Thornton's. 
We were like, how did you forget about having a chili cheese dog? Those things are, are big. They're messy. I mean, it they would can, just sit on you for the whole see, day. Yeah, like, you were in the car for two hours with that thing just hanging out in your stomach. But it's Thornton's. It's so good. <laughs> Unacceptable, oh, man, really, I, that I forgot. Uh, uh, a text into the other Thornton's text line says, Tell Hellcat Scoots apology accepted. He should apply for the Sellersburg Volunteer Fire Department truck driver. <laughs> get out the way fire truck coming through hellcat scoots i like it hellcat scoots oh boy reeves was brutal in our big non-conference games early in the year he has to be better in those this time around but he didn't get a as ton of minutes either yeah because he didn't play any defense and then cal eventually was like all right we this dude's scoring kind of outweighs it we got to play him um but uh, you would expect somebody to be to start faster when it's their second year in the program. Um, you know, yeah, you know the system a little bit better. You know what your coach is looking for. Right, your roles are a little bit more defined. Um, like here's here's the expectations. I, I think there was a uh, was a little bit of a mystery at the start of last season. And he was. Oh no, where'd it go? Oh no. Oh, he was uh, tied for ninth for most points in a debut as Wildcat in program history. Isn't that cool? Pretty cool. What other UK – what do you think that list looks like? First game playing as a Wildcat. First off, what do you think the most points in somebody's first game ever as a Wildcat is? Uh, the the part that's – like, I remember a few big debuts, but – like I, it was John Wall's shot against Miami was the first thing that came to mind, and I don't. I, I feel like Terrence Jones also had like a huge game early on, but that might have been week two or something like that. So yeah, I'm I'm not really. I can't, oh man, I'm going to keep an eye out on this for this upcoming season. This is kind of a fun list. It is like obviously as you'd expect with the star freshman, it's littered with Calipari players. Mm-hmm. But the most points in the debut is not a Calipari player. It's not even a freshman. Is it Kyle Macy? Mike Casey's 28 mm. points against Michigan. Uh, he was a sophomore. I don't know what – maybe you know, it was back maybe when they redshirted and whatnot. But I think that was the – yeah. He, he would have – no freshman were allowed to play then, yeah. I believe. Cotton Nash's sophomore year, he put up 25. The top UK player in his debut. Any guess? Or you mean Cal player? Yeah. Um, yes, Cal. Yeah, really I, top, top freshman. But let's um, let's just go with the top score, Malik Monk. Not on the list. Uh, it was Tyrese Maxey's big game against Michigan State. Twenty six points back in twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. Terrence wow. Jones is on the list. He had twenty five against East Tennessee State. Eric okay. Bledsoe had twenty four right. against Moorhead. Yeah, that Miami game was the second game. People forget that he had. Mm-hmm. People Anthony, do forget that. Glad I had Terrence Jones right. I knew that Terrence Jones had some big games when he first showed up. Anthony Davis is on the list. Julius Randle's on the list. Keldon Johnson's on the list. Reed Travis on the list. Uh, and then he's tied with Antonio Reeves. Brandon Knight's there as well. Deron Lamb. And a surprise shout-out, C.J. Frederick, number 14. He scored 20 points in the same game. Antonio Reeves had 22 points, and that was against Howard. So good, clean family huh. fun there on your debut game point leaders. Um, so no pressure, DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, Justin Edwards, Bradshaw, hopefully, hopefully. 
Let's take our last break here, come back, keep reading text into the Thornton's text line. Uh, I guess we're not going to get around talking about that amazing LSU-Wake Forest baseball game yesterday, but it was cool. Just take my word for it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We, there, there's not an appetite for casino gambling in Kentucky, but please give us our penny slots back for the lot. We need them. God, do we need them? <laughs> Go on, take the money and run. Go on, take the money and run. We'll say this about old Damon Thayer. He, we do, we are going to get sports gambling sooner than later. Hopefully, in the next two months, ideally. Ideally. Uh, he also kind of helped out with the medicinal marijuana with some of the conservatives in the state. So maybe there's hope yet. Maybe people can change. Reminds me of the Tim Robinson skit, Roush, but can't say those words on air. No. Mm. No, we cannot. I will say that about Damon there. Uh, next, casino gambling. But I guess the horsepowers that be have to sign off on that before some of the Republicans get behind it, but making progress slowly, but surely making, making some progress. So that's good. Welcome back. One final segment to get your weekend started off. Right. You can get your day started off. Right. When you've got shady rays on your face, go to shadyrays.com, best polarized sunglasses in all of the world. And it started right here in Kentucky. If you lose or break them, or you just want your pair resent to you, you can pay a small processing fee. It's tiny. And then they're going to send you your order back like it's brand spanking new. You can buy with confidence, 30-day money-back guarantee. And each and every time you buy, you're helping feed hungry folks throughout America. ShadyRays.com. And do not forget that promo code BIGX for 25% at checkout. Okay. More texts? Is there any little quick hitters you want to get to, Rush? Uh, I mean, we could just say that the baseball game you mentioned was awesome. Went to 11 innings. And they did pitch Skeens. They both pitched their aces. Yeah, Skeens went eight go. eight innings deep and, what, only two hits during that time? Yes, um, I think that's right. I mean, there was only five hits after nine innings combined between the two teams. And uh, the Oh, man, that play at the plate from the LSU first baseman. Incredible. In the eighth inning, tried to do a sack squeeze. And they had a guy on third. They sent him. The batter bunted down the first baseline. You would think it was like the perfect bunt. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the perfect bunt because it would have scored the run had it been. But it looked everything looked fine coming off the bat. We remember that first baseman well from LSU. He's got the blonde hair. He rushes the ball. Just like you can't – everything has to go perfectly for that batter or for that runner on third base to be out. The getting to the ball in time – catching it off the turf right when he did, shoveling it literally as quickly, as fast, and as perfectly as he did into the catcher's mitt. And then it was a great tag by the catcher, too. He deserves a lot of credit as well. It was a really a nice two-man play there. But if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll retweet it on Twitter if you're out there. But you probably have seen it by this point. But it was, as in, it was just such an electric baseball play, and it literally saved the game for LSU. And they will advance. We got an all-SEC national championship. 
The trophy I mean, staying in conference, everybody. We did it. We it did just it. means more. We um, did it. Scoots, how about that? SEC getting another national championship. Yeah, I wish it would have. I'd rather had Wake Forest, but that's pretty cool for you all. The uh, having the guy come in for Wake Forest in relief in the eleventh inning and on the first pitch give up a game losing two run home run was just. That's tough. It's a tough look. Yeah. That's that's real tough. Oh, it was a heck of a game. That That's heartbreaking for Wake Forest. And I'm kidding about the conference stuff. It is good for the SEC. I don't get all that much personal satisfaction from it. But it was a hell of a baseball game. And it stinks one of those teams had to lose. But that's the way that it goes. And Skeens, maybe you see him on Monday, potentially, in a relief situation. But he he pitched a ton of pitches yesterday. They, that's they they just said, hey, we we need to get the guy, and they made the right decision, obviously, because if Wake Forest was throwing their ace, LSU wasn't hitting that dude either. That was a good baseball game. Let's get back to the Thornton sex line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I think the most frustrating thing about the clutch distrust of Cal is that it stems from him not playing Livingston as a guard on a roster with Wheeler, Wallace, Reeves, and Frederick. And if you remember early in the season, Cal was really trying to play Livingston as a three when most thought he'd be a better fit at the four. Just really frustrating that Cal did his best to accommodate, and it's still impacting the Bradshaw situation. And Chris sounds like a great kid from everything I've heard, but I don't know how you could watch last season and think he deserved more minute at the guard spot. He just doesn't have the skill set for that. I totally agree, Texter. Um, you retweeted something from Rare Rookies that was uh... – from, uh, I forget who, I don't know who wrote it, but um, it was the article about Nerlens Noel suing Clutch and Rich Paul for bad advice. He turned down $70 million. It was about Nerlens Noel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Turned down a $70 million deal on Clutch's advice for a qualifying offer. And because um, you can get a bigger contract if you have an even better year, he did not. Um, and uh, he, he never, never recouped that seventy million. Got paid twelve million over that four-year deal. Doing other things, so it kind of just goes to show how easily we forget stuff. Like I remember this Nerlens Noel contract snafu, but you kind of forgot that it was like with Clutch. At least I did. Clutch, yep. not good. And I think just, I saw it on Twitter, but I think it was Justin Rowland, but he tweeted out, he was like, these people, these agencies need these kids a lot more than these kids need these guys. And sometimes, yep. yeah, most of these people are completely unnecessary. They're just good at convincing players that they are necessary. And ain't that the freaking truth? Yep. Like <laughs> that, that yep. is so that they're just, they're just salesmen. And some of these players fall for it. Um, uh, the we, situation is going to be so interesting. Uh, yep. it, high stakes, but it's going to be fascinating. We had a, a Plumley bro lose his mind because he's never bet on the NBA draft before. Because there's just a lot of, a lot of anxi anxiety uh, over these texts. Brandon Miller is a thousand percent better NBA prospect, and the Hornets are dumb if they take a point guard who is athletic over a six nine guy who's skilled. And then I'm absolutely sick to my stomach about this saga. Miller was minus six hundred to go second, not even ten hours ago. Now four twenty plus four twenty. What the hell? Disgusted and devastated. It and was. now Brandon Miller is at even odds to go second. Goodness gracious, I can't keep up. I guess I'll just keep playing to the betting gods up until the draft. And then Woj is fully behind us on Brandon Miller. TJ, let's go. Uh, that's it. That's the that's draft, right? Like the the odds swing wildly because it's all predicated on tweets, 
right? Like, in, that's one thing where Vegas doesn't have an inherent advantage. Like, a lot of it's just based on the information that's available to the general public. So those odds just go crazy wild. We saw Will Levis. Remember what happened? I mean, he was he had some crazy odds to go first overall, and then what happens? He goes to the second round. Like that's the draft. Yeah. It is weird just how like, you know, Sham's tweets were just totally changing the market in that. And that's all it was, was one dude's yep. tweets totally changing the market. And I, we've had this conversation before. Is he doing it intentionally? Is he doing it unintentionally? Is he trying to hype up just there, – there was really no drama in last night's draft because, one, everybody knew who was going first. And, two, the other there was a lot of people that weren't college basketball players. for I think, like, for the first time – in the modern NBA draft era. Five of the top ten were not college basketball players. Yeah. So, like, I think that, you know, a lot of people didn't care as much because they just didn't really know a lot about some of the guys being drafted. It was cool those twins went four and five. That was pretty cool to see. I don't know a ton about their games. Supposedly freak athletes with not great shots, but, um, that you know, one to Houston, one to Detroit, and back-to-back picks. But were they trying to just build up some drama to like, oh, maybe number two is not such a sure thing? Or was Shams just kind of fooled a little bit? Or was he played? Uh, Woj took a little shot at Shams afterwards, which was I thought was kind of funny. He was like, at no point did the Hornets ever consider taking anybody besides Brandon Miller when Shams was doing all the, in the last hour, they're having maybe a change of heart. So I don't know. Point is, Plumley, bro, our bet hit, so we're happy. Man, I was so mad yesterday. We were talking about it on Spears, and Spears was talking about how there was serious momentum for Scoot at second pick. So I hopped on my betting betting app. Scoot was minus 750 for second overall pick. I think I think Miller would have been plus 450, and then Scoot for third would have been like 1,300. So a lot of money I missed out on yesterday. Oh, Scoot. So you yeah. could have made money Scoots. off Scoot. I know it. I know it. I messed up. A texter says, did you all hear DJ Wagner just donated more nil money to this high school than any Louisville player made last year? Yeah, so DJ Wagner donating $75,000 to Camden, which just weird times in the in college sports history right now, Roush, where uh, incoming freshman, not even made it to a college campus yet, is donating $75,000 to the place that he graduated from yesterday. <laughs> Literally, yesterday. Pretty neat. Uh, weird times, but it is pretty neat. Also, Trevor and I were talking about this. He really wants to boo Haley Van Lith, um, which, but like you know, when these people are getting paid. If you can, if you if you are somebody that wants to boo professional athletes, these are now professional athletes. Like they're getting yeah, paid. Now I just think you know if you're a forty-five-year-old maybe that lives with your mom, although the way he tells it, his mom lives with him. He like maybe you shouldn't be booing like an eighteen year old that's going to be a superstar, but if you want to, then do it. Yeah, I, I don't think like the idea they're college kids. I don't think that holds water anymore. If you want to do the boo stuff, but awesome for DJ Wagner. I made the joke on Twitter that either people didn't get or didn't think was funny, but like DJ donated to the La Familia Collective Club Life. <laughs> club. You know, help help get better players here. I did see a funny tweet yesterday of like Cal having his arm around Case and Wallace yesterday, and they put a cat. And I, I forget who did it, so I apologize. But they put the caption. They're like, "So the club is called the La Familia Club." <laughs> Cal just instantly hitting up his, uh, his at the top, <laughs> uh, top ten draft pick for more money. But good on good on DJ Wagner. That's cool. 
I wish I had $75,000 to throw around for charity. I don't, unfortunately. I mean, it was part of the, it was part of the Dick's deal too. Like he, yeah. Yeah. Like he signed a nil deal so that some of the money he got will go to his old school. Um, Also TJ, I just keep watching the play by the first baseman and I don't know how he did it. It's unbelievable. It's I've just, it's just on a loop. I don't, I don't, Crazy. Everything has to just be perfect. Perfect, yeah. In that play. It's, it's unreal. So TJ retweeted it on his Twitter account at TJ Walker Radio. If you want to go check that out, um, Scoots is definitely not the guy that legitimately cusses a storm and gets super ticked for slow, mediocre driving. Just relax, pal. Not all that serious. Yeah, that's a good reminder. I, you know, I am very slow and relaxed and just don't really care about anything except for driving except in the driving. rain. No, not 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 even driving. If it, if it's normal conditions, I'm fine driving. But the second it starts yeah, but- raining, something just triggers in my brain. I get so pissed off. Like well, I do not want to drive in the rain. Slower in the rain. Like people should go slower and not drive like their normal speed in the rain. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it depends on the rain, I guess. You could hydroplane, Scoots. Yeah, yeah. Sounds. Have you fun. ever hydroplane before? I have. Yeah, it was a blast. I was able to control it though, because I'm a. Then it wasn't. Then you weren't hydroplaning. No, I mean I was. No, I mean there was a split second I couldn't control it, but I was. I was able to get it under wraps pretty quickly. So since Matt cried like a baby on KSR yesterday about how Luke Combs can't sing worth a dang and his rendition of Fast Car was a complete and utter failure, I must ask TJ thinks of Mr. Combs and his version of my favorite classic of the sports talker. I'm a fan. I love Luke Combs. He's right behind Morgan Wallen for my favorite artist. The guy worships the ground Tom T. Hall walked on, and that by no means is music. Well, let's let's hear it. Let's play a uh, Luke Combs singing "Fast Car." Here it is. You got a you fast, got a fast car. car. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're. Yeah, Scoots. Yeah, yeah. There he is. That, that was take it away, Luke Combs. We had him in I, studio. Yeah, I didn't know which one you were referring to. I didn't know if you wanted me or TJ to go. So I didn't know either. The duet was I, great, though. I thought it was the best I thought, option. I, I thought it, you I was Scoots because he's our country singing expert. But then well, we have the drop like, too. The we got the best of me drop. I was I was hoping that we would go. Me, bro. <laughs> I hate the way I say that next line. You sound great on it, bro. Uh, uh, I like a, Luke Holmes. I'll, that's I like, a great cover too. Um, I love that cover. I like Morgan Wallen, Thomas Rhett. Those are uh, those are some of the country folks that I like, among many others too. I'm very I'm not picky when it comes to music for the most part. Now, if somebody's playing bad music at a party or on the golf course, maybe maybe I'll I'll say something, but I'm not I'm for the most part not picky about it. Never doubt the woad. Shams is a loser. Joey Hart going top five next year to extend the first round shriek to 17 years for Calipari will be electric. Yeah, pretty insane shriek for UK. I thought it was 13 years, but whatever it is, pretty impressive shriek. Secondly, did you see Larry Vault's article? I did not know. Um, oh, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't about the women's tennis team. He had a tweet with the headline: "Joey Hart would have been." Well, let me pull it up. It was something along. Let me just get the tweet. You read the next one. Uh, okay, uh, Livingston could have gone top fifty-seven. His camp simply chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> Another texture says, "I feel like D Beckwith would be a great slam ball player." You know what? Of all the D Beckwith takes, this is the most accurate one I've seen so far. But instead, he's going into wrestling. So he's going into wrestling. Yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, I'm scrolling back. You can read the next is one. It, is it the one that says Nate Pace doesn't think UK fans will understand just how athletic Hart is until they see him play? <laughs> no. No, but it's uh, probably that same article. Um, He's oh, the sports gosh. editor of the Green County Daily Word in Linton, Indiana. That's who Nate Pace is. Uh, UK, oh no. Or did you lose it? Hart, here it is. Hart looks like the old school type of player that Kentucky fans would have loved to have. <laughs> <sighs> I'm surprised Larry hasn't given us any scoop on the swimming incident. There's like a coach suspended. Yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah, they was know. on swim swam though, so I don't, I don't know how much I can trust swim swam. What do you? It's like that meme. What do you mean by that? That Hart looks like the old school type player that Kentucky fans would love to have. What do you mean by that? He's a low end three star. Hmm. Livingston could have gone to. Oh yeah, you read that one. I yeah. feel like yeah, you read that one too. My draft recap: Musselman had three of the starting five drafted and got an eight seed and a twenty point beatdown in the Sweet Sixteen out of it. But remember, he's the it guy. Also, apparently, NCAA has to work to do getting guys drafted. Only one college player in the top five. I think that that's just going to be a thing that sometimes that happens and sometimes it'll be, you know, the, the top five will be mostly college guys. Uh, it'll, pre- but it's not going to be a guarantee anymore. The, the it, college well, basketball doesn't have a stranglehold like it did. Also college basketball has been the, it was the only show in town for years and years. And now there's other ones. We'll see how long the overtime elites and the G league ignites stick around. You've always had the the Darko Milicics and the international guys that are kind of unknown, but yeah, now now at least in the states, there's there is more competition. Who is the player Scoots guarantee was going to pick IU over Kentucky? That's Joey Hart. I think it has something to do with the trades aren't finalized. Okay, we read that one. Wow, Clutch absolutely did no favors for Chris Livingston. These reports on Twitter make me feel bad for Chris. People should keep their eye out on Clutch. And also, maybe that's part of like Clutch's thing is that like, well, we got to spin it back on UK and Calipari and how he was used. And it can't just be that, like, maybe we've kind of overhyped this guy and given him bad advice. John here. Good morning, TGIF. Morning, everyone. Uh, congrats on the Cats. They got drafted last night. Hope everything works out for Oscar, and good luck to top. And, hey, TJ, your possible lineup card that you tweeted out for the Basketball Cats next season was excellent, my friend. I got a great omen last night. I ended up finding some new Zoom shoes for the University of Kentucky edition in Evansville, which is kind of tough to do. That tells me we're going to be running to number nine, my friends. This season will be awesome. We'll got to go talk to you later. Great weekend. Yeah, you get Trey Mitchell, and, like, I'm equal parts excited for the upcoming football and basketball season. It's been more common since Stoops has kind of picked up this football program, but it's a special feeling, Clark, to be able to like be pumped up for football, not have to like feel like you're overthinking basketball. Basketball will come when it comes, and then I'll be pumped for that too. It's a good spot to be as a fan. What are the odds that Cal knew he was there, but also knew Clutch didn't want Cal around, so he got in front of it and said no one else was there? Could be. Could be, or maybe the Clutch lied to him and didn't. Who knows? Interesting situation, though. Nolan Smith should probably worry about making sure his cards win more than four games this year. Mm, yeah, yeah, should definitely do that. Very happy to see Kaysen go so high and love the fit in OKC. If Chet hits that roster, could be scary. People forget about Chet Holmgren. Also, two major conference players taken in the first nine picks. Different times, for sure. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, – UK should have several – multiple first-round picks next year, you would think, if this freshman class is – to be what it's supposed to be. Fingers crossed we get a commitment this weekend, and we didn't get time to talk about it, but Scoots and Trevor 
on Big X Sports Radio, 3 o'clock. I'll be tuned in. Can't wait to hear it. Scoots, you're going to do great. Trevor's going to be so mad how much sports we're going to talk. He's going to be gonna, so mad. You're going to get – no, that's Trevor, though. He'll get you to talk nonsense. He, w- he will for a little bit, but I'm going to try to keep it sports-centric because I feel like that's what Rutherford want me to do. Everybody but it'll have be fun. a great weekend. Be safe. We'll be back on Monday to talk about whatever happens this weekend. Thanks for all the texts this week. You all were great, as always. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Radio. Just in case, Rouse. I'm TJ Walker. We'll see you after the weekend.